everyone can market theoretically. Everybody's a marketer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, marketing is a set of activities that happens once you're in the marketplace, right? But you would never go to, you know, a gigantic market Mm-hmm. And and not do any thinking before you get there about what kind of people are going to be at that market. What are they actually shopping for? Where should I put my stall in the market? Should I be close to the entrance? Should I be back towards the food? You know, you do these these things, and and people forget that all of that needs to go into your into your overall marketing strategy. So what I tell folks is, you know, marketing activities alone will not get you. There's a lot of people who will say, I'm doing all my marketing. I'm doing everything. If you look at the marketing books, I'm doing everything right. And yet I'm not getting any, any traction. What's wrong. And it's usually because of what came before. You are listening to the Payal Nanjiani leadership podcast, the number one podcast in the world for leaders who want to be the best. Each episode is designed to help you recognize and overcome your leadership challenges and achieve great success at your work. This episode is brought to you by your host, Payal Nanjiani, a world-renowned leadership expert, executive coach, and author known for her leadership talks, corporate training, and executive coaching. To know more about Payal, visit her website, www.payalnanjiani.com. Welcome to the Payal Nanjiani Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Payal Nanjiani. How do you stand out in a crowded market? How can you get your message out to your boss, to your clients, right between the eyes and cut through the clutter that's all around you? Answering these questions represents the holy grail of success. And we have with us today none other than Ginger Zumeda. She is the founder and CEO of the Zumeda Group, a positioning and messaging strategy firm, and the author of the forthcoming book, Deconomics. Ginger has worked with some of the world's largest brands, such as Coca-Cola, Verizon, Union Bank, Anthem, Infinity Insurance, and many others. And she has joined us here today to talk about marketing your big idea. Ginger, welcome to the Payal Nanjani Leadership Podcast. It's so great to have you here. Wow, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so pleased to be here. Thanks, Ginger. And I know, you know, just before uh, before the podcast, you and I were talking and we were talking about such fun facts about, uh, you know, you, your work. And, and I told you exactly how fascinated I am with what you're doing. So tell us, Tell us some interesting facts about yourself, you know, what you're doing, how did you get here and what's all this about? Um, yeah, thanks so much. I, I think probably one of the more interesting facts about myself is that I, I started my career in television and specifically in promotions. So when you see those 30 second promos that try to get you to watch more television. I was in charge of that entire department. So I like to tell people that I I had to learn how to um, tell stories and set a hook in 30 second increments. So that was a great training for me in terms of learning how to create interest very quickly that that actually results in in some behavior because we needed people to kind of watch all of the shows that we were producing. So that was a lot of fun. Wow. So you started from the television and now you're running your own, uh, your own company. Yeah, absolutely. So when, um, 
when I left television in 2009, so it's been a little bit of time, I started my firm. And, you know, what I really wanted to do was kind of take some of the discipline that I had learned, you know, working how to, to create interest very quickly into the market and started working with all, all sorts of firms. I got very lucky. Actually, one of my first engagements was working for Coca-Cola and helping them understand the Asian American market you know, which they had not yet really tried to, um, to go after in the United States. And so did a lot of research with them to understand kind of how, how are things culturally different, you know, in that market and, and how could they, um, how could they start to, 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 to really engage with that market here. And, and so what we do primarily with, with our clients is really help them in, in brand strategy. Um, positioning in, in many ways is a, is a lost art, but it is, in my opinion, the most important part of your entire marketing process. Um, it's one that gets skipped off. And so we really help people position because once you know your position, the story comes naturally. You can tell your story and you can take it to market and actually just feels a little bit more organic. Wow, that's a great overview, uh, Ginger. And I think you're, what I think, I mean, I, I totally feel that you're having a much, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're really enjoying what you're doing right now. So I think that's the best part of, uh, of just being on your own and doing so many things. Now, uh, you know, people have a very hard time sharing their ideas, their messages. We all have a lot of ideas. We feel, oh, you know, this is how I need to, uh, you know, share it with my boss, with my clients. But the problem is they are not able to clearly share their ideas and messages across people. So why does that typically happen when you when you really know so much, you feel that you have some innovative ideas? What what really puts that problem in sharing it with others? There, the key was in what you just said, Payal. You said when you know so much. Many people, when they're yeah. talking about their thing, their yeah. product or their service. They have, you know, what I call the curse of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. They've got so much information and they're trying to, um, trying to tell that information to someone who's, who's, you know, who, who might be able to purchase from them. Mm -hmm. And that is just absolutely the wrong thing to do because wow. it's too much of a focus on you. It's very simple. If you want to engage somebody and most importantly, make sure you're engaging the right somebody for the solution that you have, you need to start with them and you need to start with their, with their problem. So I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give you a very quick tool that I even use. That is the simplest thing ever to get this sorted. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's answering this question. I work with fill in the blank mm -hmm. who struggle with fill in the blank. Right? So when you're out talking, you know, at a networking event, meeting somebody new, mm -hmm. you know, talking to a new potential prospect, and, and they say, well, what do you do? What we very often try to do is we give them a title mm -hmm. in an industry yeah. and we expect them to kind of understand that. And, and the reality is they don't care. That's not what they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out, do you have a solution to a problem I have? So the best thing that you can possibly do is say, well, I work with these people who struggle with this problem. And then they're going to raise their hand and kind of self-select if they have that problem. It's a much easier way to get into a conversation. After that, if they're the right person, they're very likely to ask, how do you do it? What's your yeah. process? Yeah. And, and now you're in a conversation. But when you say, 
you know, I, I could, you know, when I worked at NBC, for example, I would say I'm the vice president of advertising and promotion. Mm-hmm. That means absolutely nothing. nothing you know, we, we say things to try to make ourselves look impressive. And in the middle of that, things get lost because that's not what what people are actually shopping for. Mm. And I think, oh, like you just said, we get so much into the telling phase that, okay, let me just let them know what, what I am all about. Let me just tell them what I do. So I think that's that, that's where you're coming to is that we put a lot of, you know, a lot of focus on ourselves rather than the other person around. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that's, that's 100% of it. You know, when, when I work with, when people, you know, you should be able to describe to your, to your third grader what you do. Right. And so I, I always tell people, you know, I, I work with mostly service-based businesses, you know, who are trying to answer the question you know, why my business and why should you care? You know, and then people will naturally kind of get into that and, and understand, oh, okay, so you do X, Y, and Z, and, and you can go from there. So it's very important. If, if, if your listeners take anything away from, from this conversation, mm-hmm. it's, it's just figure out that one sentence and, and you'll be miles ahead of most of the people out there. Yeah, and I think that's that 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 sentence that you said, the fill in the blanks, can be used anywhere, right? You can even use it with your boss, you can use it with your clients, you know, because we have ideas, you know, and, and as leaders, you want to share it with your boss, and then you get into that telling phase rather than really sitting in solitude and thinking, okay, I'm working on this project and we are struggling with this. And I think that's an idea you can even convey with your bosses. 100%. Wow. That's that's great. So so what uh, what what steps other than this, like you said, you know, one is sit sit here and and think of this and fill in the blanks. What other steps can uh, can people take to improvise the way they share their ideas and messages so that it really has the correct impact? Uh, absolutely. So so I'm going to give you the 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 three steps that we we tell everybody and and that that we work with folks who who are trying to figure this out and and I want to say something before before I even get there is that you know there's a different everyone can market theoretically everybody's a marketer mm-hmm. and, and you know marketing is a set of activities that happens once you're in the marketplace right but you would never go to you know a gigantic market Mm-hmm. And and not do any thinking before you get there about what kind of people are going to be at that market. What are they actually shopping for? Where should I put my stall in the market? Should I be close to the entrance? Should I be back towards the food? You know, you do these these things, and and people forget that all of that needs to go into your into your overall marketing strategy. So what I tell folks is, you know, marketing activities alone will not get you. There's a lot of people who will say, I'm doing all my marketing. I'm doing everything. If you look at the marketing books, I'm doing everything right. And yet I'm not getting any, any traction. What's wrong. And it's usually because of what came before. So the three things that we talk to folks about are the first thing is positioning. And I'll explain what that is in a second. The second thing is, this is a fancy word, but it's like, what are you going to say? It's messaging architecture. What's the highest level thing that you're going to say? And then what are at least three supports that you can have to to support um, the big big message? And then finally, it's interpreting that into into storytelling. So you can have conversation about your thing. So going back to positioning, positioning is understanding where you will get 
the most um, benefit in the marketplace, which means you have to actually study the marketplace. You need to look at what are all the alternatives to the thing that I have to solve a problem because many folks are very myopic. They're like, I've got this thing that solves this problem. I don't understand why I'm not getting a lot of business. And it's because, well, there's a lot of alternatives to what you do as well, you know, including doing nothing. So you really have to study that and understand what is the, I don't even call it the competitive landscape. What is the alternative landscape look like? Where is there a, a, a hole in that landscape, right? Where are the unmet needs in that landscape? And you may need to, to adjust your, your offering slightly to fill a hole that actually is not being met. I mean, that's what marketing really is. Marketing is meeting the market and what the market is asking for. And to understand that, you need to kind of study the market. And that's, that's the, the process of positioning. What's wonderful is once you understand what the market needs and you've kind of calibrated your offer to, to fill that unmet need in the market, everything else becomes easier. You can start to understand, oh, this is what I need to say I do because they've already told you. And then here, here's what I'm going to, here's the story I can tell of how I, I fix that problem. And then you can start all of your marketing activities and you'll usually, it'll go a lot smoother. But until you figure that out, kind of where do you really belong in the market? Because if somebody's doing your thing better than you, yeah. you don't have a way of actually differentiating yourself and you're going to commoditize your offer. So, so that stuff is really important before you actually can. And the market is so crowded, uh, Ginger. People are like really battling for everybody's attention. So nobody knows who is authentic, who is doing what. And like you said, one of them is positioning. What's What, what are the other two? I'm really excited to hear that. So after positioning, you want to get into your messaging architecture, right? Messaging architecture is a fancy word for this. You've got a brand promise. I'm going to help you stand out in the market, right? And then once you make your brand promise, you have to have at least three supports, very strong supports that over and over again are going to help you put teeth behind your brand promise. And there's three ingredients of the type of of supports that you need. And this goes all the way back to Aristotle, actually. Okay. <laughs> you need rational reasons, right? Rational reasons. And so for us, we'd say, we're actually going to help you look at your entire marketplace, look at the competitive set, identify where the hole is, and then kind of fix things so that so you can meet that hole. So, so there's the rational reasons that you have to meet. You also need to, to, to make sure that you're supporting the emotional reasons, right? You, you know, you've, you've done a lot of work to get to the point where you can bring this to offer. You know, what we need to do is make sure that all of that work doesn't go to waste and that you're packaging it in the right way so that people can understand that it's for them and, and, and that it's going to do them good. So you need those emotional reasons or those value reasons. And the last thing that you need is you need credibility and authority reasons. Mm. But what most people are out shopping for is like, who can I believe? True. Who can I believe? People are really shopping for belief. And so not putting that in there, it's like, well, we've worked with these people or we helped this person or we did these kind of things or these are the people that use us. Those create belief. When you've got those three together, you've got a really potent cocktail for persuasion. The challenge is 
most folks just want to give all the rational reasons to work with them and they leave people feeling empty and, and they, they just don't excite people. People have to have, you know, I, I, I was studying, I did a, a class on the neuroscience of business at Wharton. And here's one thing, people have to have an emotional response in order to make a decision. If you don't give them and a that's reason to a lot, them. you know, like that, that's really that I see a lot of uh, businesses, a lot of people missing that uh, main element of emotions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, we've been trained with, we're in a data driven yeah. world, et cetera, et cetera. And so, so people sometimes um, confuse themselves and think like, I just need to give all of this data and all of these reasons and, and, yes. and it's not, we're, we're humans. We're, we, we are simple humans. We have to be human in order, in order to, to persuade people. And those emotions are, are a big part of it. Okay. So I think uh, when it comes to the emotions part of it, like you said, uh, we, are, we are data driven. Like you said, we are, we are extremely data driven. Uh, and you're working with brands like, you know, Coca-Cola and Union Bank and Infinity Insurance and many others. Uh, in, in those cases, where do you feel the companies are falling short when they are on their marketing ideas? Is it the emotional side of it or is it the rational side of it? Where are they falling short? You know, I, I think where they're falling short, it, it's not it's not easy, right? I've worked with some some massive healthcare companies. You know, we were actually consulting a healthcare company recently. And what happens is the bigger you get, right? In, in some ways, you know, the more watered down, you, you can't be confrontational. You can't throw rocks at the competition. You need to be careful with your brand. Mm -hmm. But what that does is it starts to kind of move you to the middle and you're not differentiated anymore. And so you do have to be courageous. You've got to take some chances. Um, but more importantly, you need to work to find some, you need to work to find the story only you can tell. Because the challenge we have right now with everything in the digital age is everyone is using this um, term of best practices, which I love and hate at the same time to give them an excuse for copying their competition, their competition. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, what you've got to do is you've got to make sure you're uncopyable. You need to find out what are the things only I can say about my brand so that, your, your competition can't actually say, oh, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to. And so that's the problem is there's a lot of there's just a lot of copycat marketing out and it makes it very, very hard to kind of stand out from the rest. OK. And, and, and uh, like you said, you know, people are just blindly copying and taking what's in the market. Uh, in, in that case, then how, how do they differentiate themselves? Like, what would you suggest? How should people differentiate themselves? How should company differentiate themselves? Sure. You, you've got to do some, some deep inquiry into who your, your current clients are, what the marketplace is, and then what you can do uniquely. So let me kind of explain that. Number one, what are the last, depending on how big your company is, but I'm going to use small numbers for the, for the sake of this conversation. Look at your last 10 customers that you acquired, ones that actually decided to work with you, right? And you need to ask yourself, what made them decide to work with me out of all the offer? Cause it may be something that you're not even talking about. It, it may be something that you said or some way that they feel about you, but, but look at, look at the current customers that you have and what made them decide to work with you. 
Once you've done that, find out like what else were they comparing me to? Like what were their other opportunities? That's going to give you a sense of what were they actually shopping for, right? Like what was it that they actually were going out into the marketplace to try to find? If you know why they chose you and what the what the set of, of considerations were in addition to you, you've got a lot of really good clues. Okay. After that, okay. what you need to try to figure out is, okay, they chose me and they could have chose this other A, B, and C. This is the thing that many brands have the hardest to do. What do I truly have that is different than they have? A lot of people, when you ask them that question, they're like, nothing. I'm exactly the same, right? But that's not actually true. I mean, you could be different in the way that you your, your business model, the way you staff your team is different. You can be different in, in the, the, the speed at which you deliver your service. So you need to look through all of those things and figure out what am I really different about? And so, then so, map so, those Ginger, uh, Ginger, let me ask you something here. I, I don't intend to cut you here, but uh, you said something very interesting. Um, you know, like you said, do a do an introspection of, you know, why they have chosen me over others and what was it that I was doing? Who gives you these answers? Like, how do you get these answers? Do you go out there and do a survey and you ask people or uh, is it something that you have to gauge on your own from these last 10 customers that you have? Who gives you those answers? Yeah, um, either way is okay, but asking them directly is best. And not only that, ideally get someone who is not, someone who wasn't engaged in the sales process. This is where third parties and you can hire people. It doesn't even have to be formal, but this is called voice of the customer, right? You say, these are our last 10 customers. These are our best customers. We'd like more of these customers, Mm -hmm. you know, and then going and asking, you can ask directly. What's most important is to do it in whatever form you have to do it. Go walk through the process. And depending on how well you're resourced, you can do it at different levels, but try to understand just two things. Why did you choose my company and what else did you consider along the way? Okay. Finding okay. out those things is going to give you a lot of insights and that may point you in a slightly different direction about the story that you need to tell about your company. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, that's a wonderful advice. And, um, you know, I've been reading about you and you've often said that, uh, uh, you know, be intentional of what you want. Tell us a little bit more about it. I found it very, very interesting. Be intentional of what you want. How does that connect with our, uh, you know, how do you market your message? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, being intentional is, is really about reflecting, you know, in terms of the, the outcome that you're trying to get, right? I mean, you, you really have to be able to kind of look at like, what am I trying to, what am I trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to be in the world? What story am I in the world? What story am I telling my, myself and what story am I telling others? And then when you're able to kind of do that, a lot of the behavior is, is going to follow. I, I've got a, um, you know, a practice of, 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 you know, everybody should journal. I go crazy about journaling, but, but in terms of looking at like, you know, what, what is, what it, what story am I trying to create and live into? And once you plant that seed, very often you're going to find yourself kind of just following, following that path naturally and reverse engineering also what needs to be true in order for this story to be true in the end. And, and so I, I think people need to sit back and actually not just do stuff, not just, you know, do a bunch of work activities and check the boxes of their tasks, but, but, 
try to eliminate as much of that as possible to kind of ha- have a more narrow path towards what they're trying to accomplish. Mm, okay, good. So, um, you know, I, this conversation is such, uh, Ginger, that I would have more and more questions uh, based on what you're saying. But, uh, you know, with time being limit on the, uh, you know, for, for, for you also, what, to wrap this up, I would say, what three things would you advise people to do so that they can market their big ideas, they can share it with confidence, whether it's with their boss or whether it's with their clients? Yeah, you know, the first thing that I I would say to do is try to find someone who is not yourself to, to work with you on your marketing. And that's not so you can go spend money or, 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 or have a, um, you know, pay for a consultant or a marketing company. That's because the optics are different from the outside in. You need perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's radically important. So even if it's just a friend, hey, when you think about what I do, what do you think it is? They're going to tell you some surprising things. And it's because that's what that's what you have actually been communicating to them, whether it's been in words or not. So you mm-hmm. need to understand that. So one is just get some outside perspective. The other thing that I think is just incredibly important is before you just start going and doing a bunch of marketing activities and spending a bunch of money and doing what the blogs tell you to do, you need to look at your own business. Not all businesses should be doing the same things. So consider the source. When you go and look for like, well, what are the things that I should be doing? Consider the source. What type of businesses are they talking about? Who does that actually work for? There's a difference between B2B and B2C and and mid-sized company marketing and large company marketing. And so you need to really kind of consider that source. So, So I would say get some outside perspective, consider the source of the knowledge that you're getting. And then, and then probably more than anything else, you know, write yourself a strategy of what you're trying to get done. The number one thing, if if you do nothing else is just understand who is my thing for back to that sentence, right? You know, I work with these people who are struggling with this. Who is that person? Mm -hmm. Who are those companies? Think they're your entire world. You are merely you and your company, your product or your service are merely a, a, a tool and an aid to get them further along on their journey. And if you can understand that, mm-hmm. that it's, it's about them, it's not about you and your product or service, yeah. you're going to do things a little bit differently that I think are going to help your business. Okay, wow, that, that's incredible. And in fact, uh, you know, I have learned so much from you, Ginger, honestly. And uh, the perspectives that you have said has put me into a thinking zone that, okay, you know what, am I doing this correctly? And, and what do I need to do? And this was some interesting conversation. And I'm sure it's going to be helping so many people around who have been listening to this uh, podcast. So thank you so much, Ginger, for taking the time to be here and to share your insights on this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Ginger. And here's to all our listeners. Uh, This is Ginger Zumeda and Payal Nanjiani wishing you loads of success. God bless. 